Hello and welcome back to Just the News. My name is Candace Pedraza and thank you so much for listening. This week's episode is going to be about teaching in the pandemic and I actually was able to do an interview with Michaela Barkla who works in the Beekmantown uh, School District in upstate New York or North Country as some might uh, refer it to as. So without further ado, here is that interview that was conducted a few weeks ago. I'll just dive right into it. So how has the pandemic affected your teaching style, the way that you've been able to teach uh, other teachers and students? How has it affected basically your entire normal work life? Yeah, so I have five English classes um, and four of the five are totally 100% virtual. Um, And one, my one other class is a hybrid. So I have 14 kids in front of me and two um, online. So I think the biggest thing for me that's changed is being stationary. Um, I move around a lot usually when I teach. Like last year, I was all over the place and going to kids' desks, like squatting down helping. Um, But now, especially with the virtual classes, I pretty much have to be in the same spot because once I move, I'm off camera. Um, And really the reliance on technology. Like if internet goes down, the virtual kids are stranded. (laughs) They're in a Google Meet and I got kicked off. Um, Or you just hope and pray that the website works. Um, Because you can test it a million times, but the second you actually make it live, that's of course when it's going to fail. One other struggle that we've seen as teachers is kids aren't social anymore um, because their world was shell-shocked last school year and especially the virtual kids they're just used to sitting in their bedroom doing school for eight hours and then maybe like hanging out with family after but they don't talk as much and I think as teachers that's also happening to us like I know for myself I'm pretty much in my classroom all day and I don't really go anywhere because I have to stay in my classroom and that's what's happening. It seems to most teachers is you're so focused on your room and what's happening in your room that the interaction between colleagues and departments is also waning. If I could just ask this kind of going back, um, what got you into teaching? Like what made you passionate about wanting to teach? Yeah. So my mom makes fun of me because when I was little, I always taught my stuffed animals. So I'd like line them up and like read a book to them. They all had different books, but I was convinced it was the same. Um, So I think I always just wanted to be a teacher as cliche as that is. Were you guys prepared either with materials or kind of with like a timeline, just with anything by your district? How are the schools structured? Is it, I know in the city, it's like we have our chancellor of schools and like, that's the head honcho. That's the one that makes the decisions for all of the public schools. So who was the person making the decisions for arrangements for this school year? And was it helpful? Um, So all of the schools in this area are just kind of looking at the head of the Clinton County Health Department. Um, They really take direction from him. Um, But overall, um, each school kind of does what their superintendent decides. The superintendents meet all the time. Um, 
and each has their own plan on how their school best runs um, based on transportation issues, like who needs free lunches, that kind of thing. Um, so every school up here is kind of doing it differently. In New York State, um, schools had to submit a plan of reopening. So it broke down like in an ideal world, we would be all in person doing what we do. Um, and then the hybrid plan and a virtual plan. And within those, like if X number of students or faculty test positive or are in quarantine, then these are our structures. Um, last year when it started, it was, it was chaos. Um, we sent kids home early on a Friday so we could have a faculty meeting. And it was like, should this affect our region? Here's our guidelines. And then we got a call that Sunday that school was closed. And Monday we were in our classrooms until like eight o'clock trying to come up with lessons on how we're going to do it. And then on Tuesday we started. Um, so it was pretty, pretty crazy last year. And it was just kind of like, figure it out as you go on all fronts. This year, I think schools are a bit more ready for it. Um, because we had the summer to prep and figure out the best plan. Um, so the superintendents really like start the process, but then principals reinforce it in their different buildings or at the different levels. How have you been dealing with it? Um, I think for me, it's a little different um, because last year, the re one of the reasons I switched school districts um, was due to a cut due to COVID um, because schools didn't receive the funding that they normally do um, across the board and across the state. Um, so I can't even tell you how many teachers were laid off. Like one district around here laid off like 40 teachers last year because they just couldn't afford to keep everybody. Um, so for me, I started the year as a permanent building sub. So I just bounced wherever I didn't have any teaching responsibility. Um, so I actually started teaching the classes I have now in October officially. Um, so for me, I don't think this year has been as draining as the people who started the year. Um, because I'm playing like a month and a half catch up on the tired scale. Um, but I know some of the veteran teachers are really, really getting hit hard. Um, luckily with like age and generation, the technology aspect comes pretty naturally to me. Um, and I'm familiar with a lot of the sites because we use them in grad school. But for some of the more veteran teachers, um, it's a whole different world of trying to do it. Um, and obviously there's also the fear of COVID. So some teachers are definitely taking an early retirement or just straight up leaving. Mm -hmm. um, I know when we walk out at the end of the day, we are exhausted. Um, and it's not like physically exhausting. Like it was last year of like, I'm all over the place and I'm moving and I'm sweating and it's everything. It's I've mentally had to be on my game for eight hours and I've stared at a screen for eight hours. But the kids are also feeling that too, um, which is also what we think about um and it, yeah I think it's like an a mental emotional drain because there's also like for me with four virtual classes like I'll ne probably won't meet these kids in person um so you like 
not curious, but like wonder about them because you see them for 40 minutes and then they're gone. Whereas at least the kids that are in the building, I can see um, and interact with throughout the day, even though they have me second period, like during ninth period, they walk by my room so I can see them. Um, so it's a little bit different and it's almost like a disconnect. Burnout is definitely real this year. I know some of my old English teachers, the ones that really prompted me to do this are really tired. There's this like trend <laughs> that most people I think have seen on Facebook. Um, and in, in general, uh, I've really loved with heavy sarcasm recently of like last year at the end of the year and into the summer, um, there's a lot of awareness of like what teachers actually do um, and like how necessary we are. And I know none of us teach for the praise of teaching. Um, like you don't go into the field expecting everybody to bow down to you when you say you're a teacher. Um, you teach because you love kids and you want them to be passionate about whatever you teach. But then there was suddenly a shift at the beginning of the year of people who are really mad about how schools were running. And I know it's not ideal for people, um, but suddenly it became the teacher's fault. Um, but like, we're, we're also human, like, <laughs> especially like I'm in the situation, I don't have to really worry about a family. Like I'm not worried about my kids at home um, or how my kids are doing in school or any of that. Um, but I definitely know some of my colleagues, like not only do they have the stress of their teaching day, but they also have families to worry about when they go home. Um, and I think that switch of like, oh my gosh, like thank you so much for doing what you're doing to why aren't you doing more has put a lot of stress on people. And I know at least the people I work with and I think probably every teacher is doing their best um, cause it is, it is just crazy. And one thing, at least it happens for us is our rosters change constantly because kids decide to go virtual or kids decide to come in person or they have to bounce classes. So you constantly have kids coming and going and trying to figure out what they've done, what they know, who they are, which is also tough. But yeah, it's, I know it's probably like way, way, way different in the city because also you just have like a way bigger student population. But in the district I'm in, our administration is super transparent. So if our superintendent gets a message from the Clinton County Department of Health, he like sends it to us like verbatim. Mm -hmm. um, and like our administration is super open and helpful. Um, and they are like, they're so on top of it. They're probably the most tired people I know. Um, but for me, especially as a younger teacher who's new to, a, to the district in a pandemic, um, I'm grateful for them being transparent. And just like I asked my building principal a question today and within like 10 minutes he had gotten back to me, which is super great um, considering I know what he does daily or at least a portion of what he does daily. And that's a mountainous effort, <laughs> at least for us. We followed our um, reopening plan pretty well. We had um, at the very beginning of the year, we shut down for a little bit um, and everybody was virtual, but it matched what our um, reopening plan said. So the superintendent, once he heard, actually like rolled out exactly what his plan was, um, which seems like a big contrast from what you said is happening down 
with you. Yeah. Um, what we're seeing more up here is um, older siblings or like friends are babysitting kids during the day, which is distracting them. Because obviously if you have like a four-year-old running around, it can be a little distracting. And obviously the goal is the kids that are learning in person are getting the same quality education as the kids at home. It's just hard with like external factors because um, not only are the kids that are virtual handling everything at home and trying to really work through some stuff by themselves because we have support tools. Um, but it's not like I can walk up to your desk and be like, hey, Candace, like, how can I help you? Um, and like, look exactly at what you're doing. But the kids in person are also having to ab abide by school guidelines of like, you are always single file and six feet apart and you always have your mask on. And like, I can't touch their Chromebooks, obviously. So if they want to show me something, they have to put it in a way that I can read it. So there's definitely challenges on both sides. Thank you so much again to Michaela for agreeing to the interview. It was a great conversation. And thank you all for tuning in to this very delayed episode of Just the News. We have a computer back up and running, so it shouldn't be an issue for future episodes to get uploaded weekly once again. So if you have any ideas for topics of conversation or you think that you have something interesting to be interviewed on, please feel free to send me a message at J-U-S- the news pod on twitter or you could just send me a dm on my main account if you follow me on there and please feel free to share the soundcloud link as well as for spotify and apple podcasts again my name is candace pedraza and thank you so much for listening to just the news